Hey everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 131. Hey folks, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We have Ethan Elistad. Here uh, from the Music and Culture Coalition of New Orleans. Thank you, thank you for getting that correct, which That's is rare. Uh, your last name? You no, well, my last name and, and the name of the organization. Well, I've 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 been interested uh, from day one and worked with you guys, man. So I've had enough opportunity to like you know get that polished. Usually, I get you. You're there from the musical and cultural. Uh, you work with musicians, right? Like, right, right. So, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Right. But to be right. fair, I think it is my fourth appearance, so. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Macno, uh, as it's also known, is uh, has been around now. What six years? Maybe well, six uh, next month. Six, six next month. Right. Doing great work as always, uh, advocating for uh, the musical and cultural community uh, of New Orleans, and uh, just uh, sniffing out the bullshit a little bit. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Yeah. One, the first thing we're going to hey, talk deep about diving. is. Sorry. We're going to talk. We're going to terrible. We are shit snappers. We're going to talk about the diminishing landscape of the what I term incubator clubs in New Orleans. That's just something that I've made up. But just basically music clubs um, that are like homegrown, small business, mom and pop uh, music clubs, which are the first jumping off point for anybody who wants to play music good bad or otherwise that's the system that we have um you whether you're a rock musician or a a schooled uh, musician uh, when you find yourself forging ahead with your career and whatever it is that you're doing you're going to have to get some shows at these nightclubs in order to uh to make ends meet and make your push your band out there neighborhood bars neighborhood neighborhood bars etc and uh the, the landscape of that has changed. The other thing uh, that we're going to talk about is about uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau and uh, kind of the, their own particular cultural landscape yeah, within that organization and what that means for the city of New Orleans and some things that you posted this week in terms of, uh, in terms of your experience going to one of their board meetings. Yeah, it was actually, well, the convention center, but they're essentially the same entity in some ways. Right? They're different oh, entities, okay. but they're the same part. I, for, get, for lack I, of get, a better, right, I get confused. Yeah, right. I would no, call no. them, you know, for lack of a better term, the tourism industrial complex, right? Yes, uh, right, right, yes. Okay, good, good. And yeah, absolutely, we'll get into that. Okay, all right, cool. So uh, so what I've noticed in, in New Orleans uh, recently is that there, there just seems to be a dis- diminishing supply of available venues that are like small scale mom and pop places in order to get a gig. Mm-hmm. And and that has resulted in uh, tension within my own band about how to solve what um, is a situation that seems to be beyond our control. How, do, how and where can you get a gig um, as a band where you can just play to a local audience um, and 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 I mean, which is aside from any issue about pay mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, so I just kind of sustainability is your event. I'll just kind of run yeah. it down. Like at one point in time, uh, like Uptown, you had a 
venue like Le Bon Ton Roulet, right. which is like massively scaled back their uh, presentations, uh, partially or maybe mostly, as I understand it, as a result of some neighborhood group uh, conflicts that they had. Yep. Um, and then just the other day, uh, there was an issue with a place called Little Gem, which appears to be a, maybe a combination of elements, partially their own fault, but also some antagonism mm -hmm. um, that has to do with the city and the new city council uh, coming into power and yep. people who've been appointed into positions who are being antagonistic toward uh, music venues. Um, and, then, and then look, to sum it up, there's been a slew of clubs in, you know, since the hurricane that have just closed down, and for one reason or another, mostly because of uh, antagonistic movements toward musicians and music establishments um, who have not been allowed to reopen. And that has had this withering effect on, uh, on places to play, coupled with the fact that you concurrently have this cultural landscape change on Frenchman Street, where Frenchman Street is visually and otherwise becoming essentially a 1A to Bourbon Street's 1. Correct. Uh, in terms of totally. like how it looks, you have, you have like these carnival barker type individuals on the street, on Frenchman, something I never thought that we yeah. would ever see in sure. my lifetime, uh, beckoning the woeful tourists to come in and hear the latest uh, of a, you know, what's a, a gin mill routine of, of musical stylings that are, you know, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, you know what I mean? I know there are good things that are happening down there. Uh, it's certainly like uh, uh, DBA is holding down the fort and Snug Harbor is Snug Harbor. Uh, but you have a slew of these other clubs and it just seems like uh, creativity is not really flourishing. Uh, there's a rotating cast of musicians. Everybody plays in a, everybody else's band in, on some level, mm -hmm. and there's a diminishing return in terms of whether wh where uh, the, new, the genesis of new ideas in New Orleans that is going to provide the springboard of the continuation of this culture as we move forward into you know whatever the next 50 years or something like like where is it going to come from mm -hmm. and as i see it right now I, I i i see that that's a very delicate thing and that uh, that it may be in peril <laughs> yeah and i think yeah. the one other piece of it is i mean people always talk about gentrification here too but even as clubs flip even if they're still clubs style of music or type of performance or what even if they have performance changes too right so I think you know St. Bernard is an example of clubs gentrifying or flipping still offer cultural offerings but the type of cultural offering the demographics have changed right um, and that's not a knock on what people are doing necessarily it just is the reality of it right yeah. um, so so just for clarity's sake we're talking about a we're talking about a section of St. Bernard Avenue that's between St. Claude and Claiborne Essentially, right? Is that what you're yeah, referring yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah, like, that is a form, form, an form, strip, yeah. formerly a a, a yeah. and kind of uh, had a, kind of you know, there were a slew of black-owned businesses that were on St. Bernard, right? Yeah, all the way to yeah, and up yeah. and up around, yeah. And, and That's right. The original idea when they they did a an overlay that would allow more entertainment venues to open was the it was originally sold as it was going to be the Black Frenchman Street. I mean that right. that has not happened. 
Um, I think there's still a chance to have a really interesting mix there of sort of traditional neighborhood black bars with sort of with white hipster bars, essentially, right? Sure. Um, and have an interesting mix. Will that happen? I mean, in two years, we'll know, right? If that's actually right, if right. It stabilized sure. and became that. They were supposed to build a hotel there, too, which has not emerged yet. Um, right? There's a big vacant lot right there on. Um, there used to be like a car wash there or yes, something. Yes, I know. Right it. on St. Claude, right there. Yeah, like right. And it was like, it was like a little triangle lot. It's right across yep, from yep. Sydney's mm-hmm. and I think the other bar. There was there was a pro- there was supposed to be a, a hotel there and that has not happened. It's still just a vacant lot. Um, if that happens, then who knows? The right, whole thing like, could change. Exactly. Um, Even though that's like a thoroughfare, do you think it makes a difference at all in the, what you're just talking about? Mm-hmm. Plus, also gentrification. Um, I know they're intertwined. Um, the fact that that route is a heart line of second lines. I mean, I think it. It's interesting. It was just an article that came out in in Vice, I think, this week, um, that, that touched on that um, of that being like the social and pleasure club. So many of those bars, cities was was a stop for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. A few others were were stops right down there, and most of them have flipped. Uh, and and so I think a lot of them just aren't stopping anymore. There's there's still right. the one going on St. Bernard. There's not stopping. But a couple of them haven't. I yeah. Mean, there's that one right on that one triangle. Yeah, I mean, there's the other bar down there, like which is block up, and then wasn't that possible? Bertha's moved from when it burned down, moved over to Saint Bernard now, yeah. which was which is good. I it's mean, funny, I never knew the names of these bars because they didn't have signs, but it's like just second line club bars, right? You know, on right. Saint Bernard, yeah, yeah. And there's still a couple of those, right? There's still, still, still a few, right like now. there's still a few, and then um, you've got Seals down farther, Seals, right? Yeah, um, totally. Which is still a staple, right? Um, yep. For now, like. But if seals flips, we're fucked, right? <laughs> but if seals and sportsman corner are gone, then it's then it's all over. Right, right, then right. why are we even here? Right um, in this town. And I think sportsman's corner is the uptown, folks. For second people listening, is, yeah, yeah. Um, I was literally just there an hour ago. So. That's where you hold it down <laughs> right. at the New Orleans second yeah, line yeah, yeah. between those two clubs. But you know, but you know, the same thing could have been said about Sydney's too. You know, like because Sydney's right. was really a. Uh, you know, I mean, there were Mardi Gras Indian rehearsals sure. that happened at Sydney's and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it, but I hear you. I mean, it's just this continuing. Uh, yes, I think that, I mean, that is certainly what's happening on St. Bernard is a form of gentrification. There's no I, doubt. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, we I, have I, the I'm bar, sorry. the goat thing. Right. The goat, right, would go, the goat of, was absolutely a second line stop before. Now right, it's not. Yeah. Right? Now like, it isn't. It's, right. cl- it's, it's absolutely not, right? Right, like, right. Last time I went down there, they were closed during the second line, right? So, I mean, you can't That get, tells you. Right? Yeah. You can't get more not a second line stop than a closed bar. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, what I mean, and I guess we can touch on this a little bit, too, is um, abroad in St. Bernard, right? You've got the prime example there, and there was a big thing around um, what is now Brandy's Bar and Restaurant, which... Um, formerly was Spice and previously that was Pampy's um, oh yeah mm-hmm. and they were um, you know they've also got the showcase around the corner right so you've got yep. these prime example and showcase which are open till 4am you've got a 24 hour McDonald's you've got a the Triangle Market it is like a 24 hour <clears throat> hub that's right you know there's always activity there um, and there was a, a big thing where some new neighbors got in and and fought and denied um, people to go over the the spice pampy spot. Brandy's denied them to a lot to have them uh, 
extend their hours, so they've got to close at 10 p.m. on weekdays, midnight on weekends, can only have live entertainment Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and have to be done by midnight. Um, and they were they were saying like, we want to do an ex- we want to have our hours extended so we can compete, right? We can do what everybody else is doing. We can do what historically was done here. And some new neighbors came in and shut it down in, in the most egregiously racist way, right? Like literally holding up mugshots of people and like criminalizing the owners, right? It's all white new people. Um, and I try not to get into sort of the transplant argument because I feel like it's a false thing. But you look at it, one of the people that spoke against it had moved there three months ago, right? There were four people that did it publicly. Um, all of them moved in the past since 2015, I think. And yeah. Three of the four of them uh, either have Airbnbs or are involved with Airbnb businesses, right? Um, yep. And and they, you know, just were able to stop it. They used two of them had connections via nonprofits or via having worked for the city planning commission and were able to stop them from having music, right? And criminalize uh, new white residents were able to criti- criminalize the black residents from the neighborhood. Somehow that worked. And and it stopped them from being able to have music, right? In a spot that it's been a nightclub for maybe, maybe also because you have Jared Brossett, you how know, many years? and who so, doesn't oh, really do very much. But how many you years know, was right? that a nightclub, real quick? Oh man, I, I, I can't tell you, but a long time. I mean, right? it's been decades and decades, right? And it, it's, yeah. an, it's an entertainment strip, right? Like, right. It's in right. the corner of Broad and St. Bernard. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, I go down there to this day. I go down there if I'm in the middle of the night. I know I can wake up at three in the morning and go down, <laughs> like, just because whatever my if my lifestyle right. dictates, right? <laughs> I need to go get something. At you three can in get gas, get food and McDonald's. McDonald's, you know? go see some jazz at Prime That's Example, right. and then go to the strip club and close it That's out right. at 5 a.m. the whole nine hours. On that corner, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Well, those pressures. And they got nice oh. bike lanes. and it's <laughs> Those are the pressures that I'm talking about, you right. know what I mean? So then we can flip over to, like, some other places like Uptown, you know, and, I mean, this is several years ago that, like, I mean, Le Bon Ton Relay was, like, a long, long, long time uh, club and establishment mm-hmm. that had music all the time, I would say they had music probably four nights a week, something like that. They came under some kind of uh, attack or another, and uh, this is back, back. I mean, similar kind of thing. Same and, people uh, that went after the French Quarter spots went after Le Bonton. Yeah, and then they scaled it back massively, and they're they're not really why they're not even on the they're not on the live wire. Do they live in Uptown? I mean, they live in Uptown, but all those old old school white neighborhood associations are connected, right? Because they've been around for. For literally like fifty or sixty years or seventy years, Bunch right? Like they're, they are the old institutional spots, right? What can, um, what can we do to stop like? Decade or look, you've been on the podcast four times, like you said. Right. Um, we haven't stopped it yet, but maybe the fifth time. Like, what's the, what's what can people do <laughs> to more stop now. Saint Bernard <laughs> from becoming fucking uh, Frenchman Street? I mean, I mean, to some degree, like you know, <laughs> don't tell tourists. <laughs> um, you know, some degree, it's just market forces, man, right? Sure. But, um, but I think that, you know, a lot of it also is uh, the way things develop is a policy choice, right? Like, um, Frenchman is a policy choice, but also a lack of enforcement. Like, people just let it do what it did, like, and never decided to change. Just let it sort of organically grow until all of a sudden it went way over its boundaries and... and, and the city's making money off it, right? Now they sell it. I think with places like uh, St. Bernard and on St. Claude where there's, you know, like, there's oh. that little hub, right, of, yep. like, 
um, Siberia, high hole, always. Totally. Um, you know, part of it is, um, you know, not marketing it the same way, right? Like the the brassman in the corner of Frenchman and Charters outside what, what was Cafe Brazil is on the cover of books now, right? Um, they, they've it's on the tourism and marketing stuff. It's all over the place. I think the other spots, um, it's just actually doing what they said they would do, um, which is along a certain number of spots to operate, doing and encouraging them to be open. Um, if they have an issue, proactively solving it in a in an actual pro pro business way, right? Um, yeah. And not saying, oh, you must be a nuisance, so we need to cut your hours. It is, what's your issue? Let's figure it out. Right. right? Are you, you know, um, it's having a real cultural policy agenda in New Orleans, which we've never had, which is across. Um, appreciating culture. Right, appreciating so culture. So that you can have those conversations. Right. To get to the roots of the issues you're talking about. And we deal, yeah, and we deal with it in an overarching way and not just every time there's an issue, we're like, okay, right. you're the club. Okay, we got to shut you down. And you're then, the whole you're, body. Right. You're not just like... Right. We need a real arm. forward-thinking yeah. cultural sort of agenda. Um, we need like a cultural ambassador of the city. Right. And, and <laughs> someone, that someone's, there, well, there's an awesome cultural economy, but someone that's really empowered to do it. But also it's got to be across um, across government sectors, right? It can't just be you have one office that does it. You've also got to deal with like the planning commission, sure. the mayor's office, city council offices. Everybody's got to be on board together on the same page. Otherwise, you know, uh, every council member is going to have their own idea of what should happen and, and what should the be blowback, allowed. Is the blowback against something like that primarily economic? Like, is it like, is that basically where we're fucked right now? Because it's not, it's not economic. It's, it's, it's lack of political pressure and lack of, um, you know, some in some ways it's involvement, but also historically New Orleans just like culture's gonna happen, you know, we'll you know, we'll sell it, we'll just let it happen, um, and then little by little it doesn't happen anymore. I think well, what I meant by economics I, was not I, the economy of culture. Right. I was meaning the economy of real estate development. I mean, well, that's part of it. I think kind of squashing culture. I mean I mean partly and you know, I think, you know, if you wanna well, look at that bubble's gonna burst again. Someday, but we'll be too late is the question, right? I think what you see with, um, like, I mean, part of it is a gentrification argument, right? In which uh, places with liquor licenses, it's impossible. I mean, I've talked about this here before, right? It's impossible to open up a neighborhood bar in New Orleans, so it, it elevates, for those that exist, the liquor license runs with the property, so it elevates the value sure. of that spot. So that if you don't own the building, there's an incentive to sell and get another tenant in that can make more money right. who has access to capital is generally people coming from outside of the city that have access to it, that they can come in, flip it, and make money off of it. If you are someone that's lived in the Seven Ward your entire life, has a little neighborhood spot, you're not making a ton of money off whatever neighborhood spot is. And once you know someone decides like, hey, I own the building and I wanna you know, double your rent, then that's who right. comes in and does it, right? It's right. generally people that have access to it, which are people that just aren't here. Sure. Um, so, I mean, a way they could start to address it is by actually having, like, a small business program that invests specifically in small cultural businesses, right? And, I mean, pretty good cultural businesses run by people that have a history in New Orleans, right? But even if they don't, existing cultural business should have access to capital and to programs that will allow them to do it. And there should be someone that's tasked 
there should be a position in New Orleans, someone that actually, that is their job, to go to these businesses, get them connected to these resources. Some of it exists, some of it doesn't. Great what doesn't, get them connected to these things that do and actually work on this. Um, yeah. Because sometimes it's bureaucracy, sometimes it's capacity, sometimes it's just like the business needs a new roof. Give them 25 grand, let's get it done. Right. right? Like it, right. It's not yeah. rocket science, like man. make those kind of grants. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not fucking rocket science. Like, yeah. just get it done. Totally. Um, and that's what we've been saying forever, right? Because we're selling the culture. Right. And that might be a good segue. I don't know yeah, we can go. We can, yeah, but we can I, I, just well, selling, I just want to. I just want to say, like, it's that that com- commoditization of culture that no one ever got into music to become ever. You know, there's mm-hmm. no musician who was ever like, you know, what I'm going to become eventually is, you know, somebody who sells New Orleans culture to to get tourists to come here. Right. Like nobody gets into it for that for those reasons. I can't Ever. wait till I get my first tourism you know marketing I mean? billboard. Even right? if they try to make well, money, like, even if they up. try to make money right. off of yeah. playing music, right. nobody at the high school level is like interested in music. And I, I think for those reasons, the, the, the kind of thing that we're missing here, and I, I, I had conversations about this like for years, is that N- New Orleans had a very, for whatever reason, organic mode of operating in, t- in terms of how and where you could have a music club. Mm-hmm. And that's why still you have some of these legacy music clubs, even Le Bonton Roulette. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can pick all of them out right now. If they lost their grandfather status, they would not exist ever Correct. again. Most, okay, most of them. Most venues that are known for like being neighborhoods, yeah. When I, when I moved here, that was the beauty of New Orleans. Right. You can go to any neighborhood and there's a gym. Yeah, you know? no, that's what and I mean. Right. Several of so, them. So, so, like, look, you would never be able now, today, I don't know what Oak Street is like. I don't know if that's an overlay. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would never be able to have uh, the Maple Leaf. You would never be able to have Le Bonton Roulet. You'd never be able to have uh, Bank Street Bar. You'd never, I mean, you could go, you could keep going on BJ's, and on. BJ's, Vaughn's. BJ's, Vaughn's. Bullets. Uh, you could go right. Bullets. On and on and on, you under today's rules, the way the city is structured now, uh, you'd never be able to do that. So never, uh, and you have to hope that those places stay open forever in perpetuity, or whoever, or when they do close, that someone else gets in there really sc- quick, in a, like in a mad months, scramble yeah. and, get, and gets it open you within. Months. You got six months, or I'm guaranteed, guaranteed, somebody is going to raise some hell. And you'll never get open again. That's what they did to Donna's, and, right? And that's yeah. what they did to Donna's, uh, right? Exactly. And Donna's was, I mean, God damn. For for all for all practical purposes, seriously, if you want to talk about an institution that kept, that was the hub of, you know, there was a club in New Orleans where if you wanted to cut your teeth as a brass band, you went to that club because you knew that that was the club but you also could go let's to, talk about and it. everyone and, knew and, that. And Jeff, I appreciate it. you talking about it, like the incubator experience for musicians. But as music fans, Donna's was a place like in the '90s where, when the park across the street, Armstrong Park, wasn't safe to be in at night or during the day, even, you know, Donna's like held that street down, man. It just did. Was your activity on the street, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they just they that well, Donna's allowed the other place uh, that opened up soon after. There were like three little clubs, but Donna's was the anchor, you know. So that whole street. Where now, dudes, there's like uh, a streetcar line and shit 
where there wasn't in look, the, there's, look, a, there's a that, champagne bar there. Look, yeah. look I want to yeah, say, I want to say, also, cocktail bar. There's all this shit. I want to be fair to but the, that place is like safe now, and right. part of it was because these little gritty clubs like made people go to that street that you know decades ago used to be like recording industry places. Look, it's and it's not just music clubs. Like there has been, there are, I mean. I suppose they're music clubs, but it's like there, there's a well, like there was a drag club that got that came under some harassment. Yeah. Also, a guy just hung it up, yeah, and uh, and just was like, "Well, we can't do the shows that we used to do anymore because it's so hostile toward our existence." You know, on this corridor that everybody has this like financial interest in uh, getting involved in opening whatever it is that they want to open in that corridor, um, and and so different than the way things were run in New Orleans in the past, which which was really great that you could go to any neighborhood in the city and run into one of these great, these great grandfathered places. Well, Dave places like, just bought a house and opened like, a bar. Snake and right, right, or, Va- or Vaughn's or whatever. Right. You know, and you, would, and you would go and, and then suddenly like there's music. And, and that, right. that randomness of how that happened because it happened because somebody was just brazen and then it became codified that yeah, it was okay right. to have music there. Yeah, and that was a, as it turns out, a great system right. for our city because and it was market it, driven. To your point, it was it was market driven. <laughs> like, like snakes it, only work because people showed up. No, no. Here, now here's yeah. here. Enter, enter. Uh, Katrina and the uh, comprehensive comprehensive zoning ordinance master plan that happened after mm-hmm. Katrina. And you have these ideas that you have these overlays. And if we have these, we're going to lasso in all of the entertainment and we're going to partition it off. This is all based on this kind of like uh, the current mode of planning. And you come from planning, right? right, right, right? But but that intellectual, those ideas, the fountainhead, comes from that. I mean, Jackie Jackie Clarkson gave herself credit for Frenchmen because they did that just... Like 2003 or four, as they made the overlay, but she will give herself credit for that. Although it's not Frenchman now was nothing like what was envisioned in this overlay either, right? No, um, no, no. But then yeah, you're right. But uh, post Katrina is when it really like that's when Ferret Street was the second one. Ferret, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ferret, there was a great article that came out like two weeks ago about the gentrification of Ferret, right? Um, it's also it's a failed, certainly entertainment district, right? They were supposed to have completely failed. There's one club left, right? Yeah. Like, and it chased yeah. off. Yeah, it just got forgotten. Yeah, yeah, just got. That's, and, that's right. And it, part of that is they got to close by like midnight. You can't take go cups, like. No, no. Here's the thing, too. Right. Also, it's like these overlays are supposed to carry with them the conditions that create. Uh, all of the things that make which New Orleans... Which is music till four. Which is, go right, right, right. All the, the things that make New Orleans wonderful and what created You can't all have it both fucking ways. And, so, and, so, and, and instead, it's not true. Look, what what it, it is is that there yeah. are all these restrictions even within the overlay and you can only operate within those restrictions. And, and so it, may, it renders the overlay really kind of null and void. And, and, and you can see it. We're talking about free... The market, sure. right? And the market is that people go and look at it, and they go like, "I can only have, I can only be open until fucking midnight." And right. you know what happens? Like a bar owner or whoever just says, "That's ridiculous. But I'm it, not going to do it." Yeah, and then we, but that's that, and, whole, and that's killing. Or that's even, killing even shows things. that have to like, I've been I went, when the public house was open. Um, right. I think it's own yeah. issues, but I would go to shows there, and like it was a. 
uh, like, like a touring act and like they were whatever happened they were on at midnight and they're like no you got 10 more minutes man like we're already over right and so you you go to see this show and then like you know if they don't time it quite right like they start at 11.30 man you got 45 minutes sure. at most to catch it and they gotta shut down they gotta start selling beer and, and so you know that's just not how it can work right you can't you can't have a entertainment district that closes at midnight on a weekend, right? Yeah, you can't, <laughs> right. You can't have, yeah, like, yeah. Look, yeah. Right. Exactly. A, there, I mean, it's just it's a, preposterous. There's a walkability index, like in this country, yeah, where yeah, we're yeah. like we're supposed to like value that, and it makes residential real estate go up because you can walk out of your house and go get a drink at two in the morning, go see some music, yeah, or get way. food or whatever. And somehow, in a lot of these districts, like Forest Street, we're getting that wrong. Right. You know, it wasn't walkable. Because of the restrictions placed on those businesses, you yeah, know? that's right. And I think what you know, what, need to go to JP. <laughs> what's interesting too, I think, is there's still a lot of venues here, right? But the venues aren't in the same spots, right? Like there's a lot of like you can open a business, a venue, in a hotel without any problems. You get any any hotel can get a venue. The, right? the, the Harris fucking concert, right? Right, right, right. There's a right. lot. Like there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of new venues out in the CBD. I mean. Frenchman's got a bunch. Quarter's got a bunch. God, the but, CBD is unrecognizable to me, right. man. I was there this last yeah. weekend, two nights on Thursday and last night, and it's unrecognizable to me. Yeah, like I ran into so many new spots that I'd never seen. But I think what what people don't realize is that, like, live music isn't a guarantee. Like, you're gonna make a ton of money if you have live music. A lot of places tried it, and it doesn't work, right? right. Like, but what they've done it is like, it is push it into the realm of always looking at tourism, right? So how do we totally. push more no. people into these spots, into the CBD? We want to get more people there. We want to build it up in the quarter, on Frenchman, um, you know, wherever, wherever else they, they market. So sooner or later, St. Claude and St. Bernard will be on the Totally real, a part of that right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, music, sure. music, You're the, right. The, the development of music in New Orleans was never, was never something that came out of a sense of servicing tourists right in in terms of like in terms of developing new ideas for songs and what it is that you want to do like if you trace it all the way back it's that there was a street level musical culture in new orleans even in the late 19th century all the way through the 19th century for that matter and 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 that was its own culture that existed uh, to please itself. Right, and, you, you know? and, and I think people look at jazz as, as that, but also look at it, the development, well past that, like, where the radiator started like a pizza parlor, right? And Galactic started where, like Benny's Bar. Like, right. yeah. none of those, nobody yeah. was like, hey yeah. man, we got this great gig at Harris we're trying to, trying to you know, yeah, get no, the band nobody, together for, right? N- yeah, like, no, nobody nobody had that. Now, now what you're talking about is that all of these venues are about servicing tourism, right? You know, and not servicing the pleasure of a local audience, and it's it that is a recipe for death. I'm right. sorry, no, it just and is because I use the term. And it also doesn't too, right? it also doesn't sustain the musicians, right? You know, it's not no, just, no. I mean, it's a recipe for doom. I mean, the, right. the, the event that I went to last night was like again, like it was like a hack. They were like meters esque. You know, an event right. party band who played covers, and that was the band for this hundred fifty dollar ticket, thing, this fundraiser right. at the Ace Hotel. You know, and that's pretty fucking indicative of what's going on in this town right now. Right, right, that's right. And I think, 
actually Spencer, um, we talked a little bit about stand up right here and how we did. Uh, there is there's a lot of stand up open mics here. Right? There are a whole ton of open mics all over. And what you do you can cut your teeth anyway? Right, but what, what's the next step? Getting paid. When does that happen? How many times? That, um, never since I moved to New Orleans. <laughs> it happened for me in Baton Rouge, but since I moved here, no. No, it has not. But you're saying, where's the next step? Right, does it exactly. Exist? Like, exactly. So, we, you does know. Does it exist or no? I mean, I mean there's mean, the people who host the shows that get paid. Right. I mean, that's why so At many that people are opening level, the, yeah. the open mics is because there's so many comedians right. and everyone wants to get paid, but the only way you can do it is to either open up your own open mic or be good enough to get paid at all the, you know, actual shows. Or then Hannibal the Burris shows showcases. up or something, right? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That look, or the showcases. Right. And I think... But I think that sort of also is... That's an issue in of itself, right? Like, we have all this... this Senior, but it's not sustainable, right? Like, no, um, you and can't. Could just, it, do you think it could easily be sustainable? Do you not easily, but do you think if our priorities were in the right place, we could like build the stepping ladder for stand up comedians in this town in a free market? I mean, I think, sense? I think, I think we should start taking it seriously and actually figure out what what it means to have a viable, a viable stand up scene that's that can yeah. sustain and have a pathway. I mean, well, I think it's that, a viable entertainment industry, I right. Mean, it doesn't just have to be stand-up, but I mean, those are the guys you're going to pull to MC any event, right. usually. Oh, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, and I, I think, I mean, I think what we don't think about are things like stand-up, burlesque, sort of all these other things that are absolutely happening here that, you know, are fantastic, but also we need to figure out how do we actually support all of this in a way that gets people that are doing it a pathway if they want to do it and get them paid, right? We can't. You know, we talk about getting musicians paid. We need to get other people that are doing other types of cultural work. Of entertainment in the city. Exactly, and and we need to we need to think about it. And the city needs to think about it that way as well. I mean, it's part of what we do at Matt. was thinking like, there's how we absolutely care about you know the, the traditional New Orleans culture, which I think everybody has a picture of what that is. But like, sure, there is a stand-up scene. There is burlesque. There, you know, there's been a long-standing punk scene. Like all these things. Like, how do we actually think about this? in a real way and make it a viable, I mean, and, and a term on, that's, you know, a cultural ecosystem, for lack of a better term. Sure. But um, like well, we, we got to think about it. we got to think through all of it. There's um, enough money coming into the city to pay people. Let's just yeah, say. yeah, exactly. Maybe like not billions. in the summer, but throughout and, the rest of the and year. And I'm not, I'm not saying right. that I could sit here and come up with a solution to what you're just talking about, which is how to make all these cultural entities sustainable and pay people. But I know that there is a dearth between all the people who are contributing to our culture and inheriting it and sustaining it, perpetuating it, and all on the other side, it's all the money that's coming in, the $7.3 billion or whatever it is from our, what do you call it, tourism empire? What do you call uh, it? The tourism industrial complex? Yeah, tourism industrial complex. That's kind of what I want to hear. That's kind of yeah, what I'm really psyched to hear you talk about. We can because, talk about that. Because... Again, I was at an event last night, and like no one's getting paid. Everyone's doing it for free. I mean, it is a fundraiser, whatever. But there is this thing in this town of getting underpaid and not paid. Yeah. And there's also this segregationist thing in, in the industries of an event. You know, there just is. Mm-hmm. And we've ta- I've talked about it ad nauseum on the pod. So 
I won't do. But that look, thing. I want to. Can if I could? Can mm-hmm. I just want to put a cap on this because mm-hmm. it's like really a pet issue <laughs> of mine about mm-hmm. the small clubs and, and and the need for that. It's like first. It's not rocket science um, to figure out how to operate uh, successfully a small music club and the things, the baseline requirements that right. are needed. You know, like we can live with the idea that like uh, a club needs to be shut down by 3 a.m. if that's something that uh, needs to be put on the table. We can't live with the idea that a, a venue needs to be shut down at midnight. Right. And and somehow we have to those grossly antagonistic and anti New Orleans ideas that have come into the fore yeah. after Hurricane Katrina for whatever reason, mostly because of white people. Let's just say it. White people, it's the white, carpet it's, baggers. It's, it's you know, well, it's not white people that. and black water. It's not necessarily that. Actually, it's a lot of people who grew up here. Um, also, yeah, when you who really are just begging when you, for the true, chance. True. It's like Trumpians. No, they're waiting. they're. They're, Wait, they're waiting, waiting for, the for their chance. chance. Okay, Jefferson okay. Parish people all right, all right. are also carpet baggers. All right, let me just let me just finish my point. It's Fuck like JP. it's not like you need uh, to have any anything that's like special and new and weird or different. Right. It's just the way that music clubs have been operated forever. The only thing that's special, new, weird, and different is these restrictions that people are just arbitrarily coming up with, which is his own problem. Right. Um, and and uh, the randomness of that, of, of these individualized restrictions based on each uh, place that opens up. Everybody has a law. Right. You know, every every restaurant has a de facto law that they have to operate under that's not actually a law, but some kind of agreement with the city that's just based on cranks who complain I mean, exactly. about... Right, right. I mean, that's how it occurs. And, and somehow we have to make, I think, these places into a protected class somehow, you know. And that has to manifest itself... In policy, right. I mean, you have hard? to get some kind of hard? political will, yeah, some political to, to, will to get that on board. Because like New Orleans needs Adonis, right. you know. Like uh, the, the only real um, place that I can think of as a shining example right now is kind of like the sidebar, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like there's some free creativity that's happening at this place, yep. and people are trying to do things that are new and energetic and different. We need ten of those, right? Exactly. In this city, in, this song, in okay. order for this stuff. To live, and what they what they need right. to understand is this: is that if those the from I mean po- from yeah. on a political Sorry. on a political no. from a political Lithium. angle that that is more important than servicing uh, uh, than servicing tourists. And, and, right, and, right, and, right, right. I mean, it just is know, because because what's going to happen over time, and it's only going to take fifteen or twenty years. Mm-hmm. If all you do is put all your eggs in the basket of having musicians. Be a commoditized resource that services tourism, then it's just going to morph into cover bands, and New Orleans is going to end. And, uh, right. and, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's, right. that's, that's what's going to happen. And I, I appreciate that uh, apocalyptic viewpoint because it could happen. Look, from a policy perspective, I think you can. Like, look, I'm going to harken back to our very first podcast in 2012. You and I, Jeff talked about permitting licenses for like strip clubs and i'm not going to get into that conversation right now but folks it's out there in the ether um you should be able to you could in a policy sort of way um make sure that every neighborhood has x amount of clubs and bars per 
square. Well, well, whatever. yeah. Like, like for instance, you could say you could it's, say it's, that it's, like it's, instead it's of it being enough. an overlay, you just say within this bigger, larger area, there's four licenses that are available for music clubs. It's easy you know? enough to do. It's easy enough to do. And let's cherish right. our culture. Right. And let's make it sustainable. But my point is this: is that you can't. What what I would say that there are things that need to be taken off the table. Ethan, I think you probably agree mm -hmm. with this, is that right. it's it's that these groups, neighborhood groups and other people who are, anti, a lot of people are just anti-musician. They're just like cranky people who only like classical music or something like that. There's a lot of that going on in the city and they it's weird. They fund the ballet association, all they, of them. I'm sorry? They fund the ballet association, all Yeah, the right? ballet association, right, no, no, right. They, they like that, you know, that European They like thing. to be bad by 10. Well, what I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not even knocking anybody if they want to be in bed by yeah. ten. You also, know, also, like also ballet, ballet can be great. Like, and ballet can be great. But, but don't knock there's, me for being. There, there's yeah, room for right, all this right, stuff, right, but exactly. like, what we don't need is all. And, and what I mean is this: is that we have an atmosphere that's happened and it's been going on for a long time now where it's permissible for any crank to come forward and just dream up an arbitrary idea and and get the ear of a politician and have it tabled and codified into well you know all uh, these paper actors to agree with you in policy mm -hmm. you know and and what we need is to block that some kind of way so that these crazy ideas that people come up with like you have to be closed by 11 or 12 or whatever the arbitrary guidelines are they, they that just just goes away we got to get we got to right. make that go we away we need a comprehensive plan that, that gets that that is actually um overarching around cities but i think and then i don't want to go too far in the weeds because i do want to talk about the convention center and everything sure, sure. but um, we'll transition into that man. the alcoholic beverage control board is one thing that we that we cover a lot because nobody i've literally been into abo or abc meetings and I've been the only person that's not involved in the meeting there. And then people come up to me and I said, like, what are you here for? And I'm like, I'm just watching the meeting. Like, <laughs> it's so unheard of that somebody shows up generally that, like, it's strange. But they control, obviously, alcoholic beverage permits, but also control um, live entertainment. So music, stand-up, all of it, they can put limits on it and li put limit on it if they can have it, where how loud it can be. All that stuff they have, they control so some of that. Has Macno had any kind of influence on those um, folks at that meeting? I mean, so when Cafe Istanbul was up a few years ago, uh, we helped Chuck Perkins push back and evidently and and got out of most of the, the issues that again it was the neighbor association, like they were mad about a Mardi Gras Indian getting suited up in the parking lot, things like that, right? Like Jesus egregious yeah. things, but. They got the ear of the city who got the ABO who not, tried not to Not egregious, them. but they're making them right, out, right, right, out right. to be egregiously. Wrong-headed. Wrong-headed. Right? Uh, um, They're egregious. Yeah. Right, no, right. Exactly. exactly. Um, right, right. And I think, um, you know, as the city council changed, what's concerning now is one of the appointees uh, was one of the exact same people we really had issues with a few years ago when we talked, when they did the, the zoning ordinance rewrite. They absolutely opposed getting live music in, in restaurants. And they opposed places, like extended hours, and they opposed liquor licenses in yeah. restaurants and said that if we allow this all these restaurants will become nightclubs and it's going to be the worst thing ever for neighbors none of that it's is always true. this slippery right. slope argument but, that's a lie and now the person that that was the president led that charge is on the alcoholic beverage control board and can now shut down and can now help revoke licenses can put sanctions on live music get in control of that they get appointed by the council or the, the city council yeah uh so he's the district c which is French Quarter, Algiers. He's he's that rep, and 
his first, his, well, I guess his second meeting, but the first one I actually did things. Every time his his was like, I don't think this is I don't think this is enough money. We need to have harder sanctions. Can we revoke a license? They really asked, can we send the police there to check on them to shut them down? And like, he's he's actively looking for every time a more punitive measure to do it, which is really concerning because. What is yes. this person's name? Uh, it's Skip Gallagher, who is the past president of the Algiers Point Association, past president of Riverfront Alliance. Um, article in com last week. Um, but I think, look, yes, these places should be in class. Like, you should pay your taxes, right? You should have your your licenses. All that is true. But sure. also, um, you know, the, the punishment should be reasonable enough, like, you should be able to get in compliance. If you don't get in compliance after with the sanctions, then we can talk about other things, right? Yeah, right, um, right. But the fact is, if every time somebody's up and you're always saying, like, nope, they sh- this isn't enough, right? They need to pay more. We need to shut them down. Um, that's an issue because, again, almost every, you know, cultural space in New Orleans, music venues, you sell alcohol, right? And if you sell alcohol and they can revoke your ability to have live music... That's a tremendous problem. And if someone that doesn't understand or care about the culture is on that, has the power to revoke, say, the Le Bonton liquor permit, because they've been trying to do that forever, they have some sort of violation. I'm like, all right, let's make sure they got our music done by midnight, right? They yeah. can put that sanction on there. Right, right. And if they, right. If they don't, and if they violate it, uh, then they can lose their liquor license. Right. And what will they do if you're, that's what happened to Mimi's. If you have a choice between giving up live entertainment and giving up your liquor license, you give up live entertainment. That's right. You don't totally. give up that liquor license because then you're done. Uh, and so we need to be realistic and think through how these things actually can impact um, cultural space but also the livelihoods and the and the sustainability of the culture, right? It's not, it's not as simple as saying, like, that venue should have paid their taxes, therefore everything, like... It's, it's like, think through what this really sure. means, right? Um, when... You have people that aren't supportive of the culture, but actually oppositional to it, making decisions about what the culture is going to happen. That's exactly how we lost so many venues before, where people pressured their, uh, you know, their council member 30, 40 years ago to shut down live music in neighborhood bars. It was ex- it was the Maple area residents still around today that pushed uh, their council member at the time to uh, pass an ordinance that absolutely limited live music in neighborhood bars. It grandfathered the ones that existed, which st- some were still around. The rest could no longer do it. That was, what, 30, 40 years ago. Right. We're still seeing the results of that yeah. because the people that had access to power did that. Who were they? They were generally wealthier white folks from neighborhoods that didn't like it when they saw working-class African-American culture happening. And like, right. how do we stop that? So many Those things are about race and money. Right. And, we're, yeah. and then we're still seeing the results of that. Yeah. Uh, but but then oddly, right. but then oddly, uh, so you go to the convention uh, center board yep. meeting, and um, it's essentially just all white people. And I, so you have this weird thing right. uh, in New Orleans where you have these people. It's very Trumpian to me in a way where like uh, you know a lettuce farmer in who needs migrant workers right. votes for Trump makes no sense, right? But a similar kind of thing. So like. You have all these people who make money from tourism, right? And it's dependent on this, you know, this very complex system that we've developed in the city, which has to do with culture and everything that the wellspring right. that comes from culture. And I've said it time and time again 
that it's there's a pecking order and it's music and then it's food and then way down the list somewhere is like architecture right, right. you know and to my mind i'm kind of making fun of them mm. it's a lot of these people think that like you know the entire thing can be sustained on architecture alone and, you know and because because they just don't right. they're prejudiced against the people who are the purveyors of the other parts of culture right. although they'll say that they're friends with the chefs cuz they like to take pictures with them but at the same time it's like um those people are going to harm themselves right. how many, how many and like why, why what is what is why is it such a why is there such a cognitive dissonance in this town with convincing people who are themselves the mon- the best biggest monetary beneficiaries of this cultural economy who are at the top um, that they're going to harm their own interests you know that they might have to sell their house on state street mm-hmm. if they keep going and 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 damaging our especially our musical culture in this town and it's something I've never been able to wrap my head around, except that I just find that, you know, people who are in power that are like that are arrogant and they don't think uh, intellectually in that way. And, and they're just interested in power and somehow just destructively don't care what happens to the city one way or another, well, I mean, as long as they're able to keep making their money. But my right. point is, they're not going to be able to keep making their money. You absolutely have to have music and food culture yep. in New Orleans for those things and to you happen. Need the people that can create the music and food and work yeah, in the service yes, industry here to be able exactly to do it. That's right? exactly correct. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think that, I think that's a problem with our tourism industry here is it's inherently extractive, right? It's about taking money out of the city. It's just like we talk about Louisiana's oil like oil and gas and it's like the everybody gets more benefits than Louisiana for the oil and gas industry here. In New Orleans, that's the tourism industry, right? How do we extract the money, get it out, and go to the? In this sense, does it make it statewide? And and New Orleans doesn't get much back. So the best example is the hotel tax, which is um, I think fourteen cents a dollar essentially of hotels. Uh, like every time you stay at a hotel, for every dollar, the fourteen cents. Tax, yeah. yeah, everything right. goes. Fourteen cents goes to a fund. It goes. You know, it's it's complicated, but for simplicity's sake. Essentially, is is taken out of that. Uh, four cents goes to the sports authority, which, for whatever whatever its official name is, is they're the ones that do the NFL Super Bowl. Superdome, it's yeah, it's, it's the yeah. Smoothie King Center, it's the Zephyr Field, it's a few others. Totally. It's the Benson family and a few others. They get four cents. Convention Center gets four cents. Um, Jesus Christ. The Convention of Visitors Bureau now, New Orleans and Company, I think, gets. Uh, a penny or a penny and a half. The Tourism Marketing Corporation gets a penny. I think like 70 some percent goes directly back into the tourism industrial complex, yep. right? So, like, totally. it's, um, it doesn't even touch the city, it doesn't touch the workers. It goes directly back to fund the organizations that then have the tax, right? What I mean, what a great system for them is sure. like, we keep saying we need to have this tax because without tourism, New Orleans is broke. But then the money goes back to you, right? It's kind of like, right in, yeah, right. It's, like, right it's kind of like the Trump tax cuts in which, <laughs> right, you know, right, all that money went right yeah, back I mean, to it, the it richest similar. people, like one percent of one percent, even. And then they just put that money right back into Republican campaigns for these and, upcoming midterms. And, and what I would it's that yeah. money is just floating around in this very small. Exactly, place. it's what a, what a great cycle it is, right? And, and then you convince yeah. people like, without this money, we won't get tourists here. So you need to invest in me again because but I can bring you the it's people. Such bullshit, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. but 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 let's think about about right. some like uh, progressive solutions. Like so, mm-hmm. let's if you're thinking of like 
the the prime example or whatever the club right. over here, and there's concern concerns about uh, noise, and then uh, some newcomer comes along, and then they're causing trouble for that club, and maybe they're even creating an existential crisis for them, and they're very worried right. about it, and we skip past all these other progressive solutions, but we can't take money out of that fund and 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 say have. Uh, $30,000 grant or $50,000 right. grant to do some sound remediation, which any any club owner would agree to do as long as they don't have to pay for right, it. Right, exactly. You two, know? Two, and, and you two just cents say, and should the, the go club, to every club, club in owner, town. The club owner right. is going to say this. He's going is to be like, don't fuck with me closing down at 2 o'clock in the morning. I have to have that in order to survive. Musicians need to have that in order to make money. Right. But if you want less noise and you're saying that there's a lot of noise, let's engage in some of these we really, absolutely, really absolutely effective technological solutions that are out in the world. And I know also municipalities, I think Austin, Texas, engaged in this kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like they, they, they codified this solution-based process um, and then, and then once you do that, you know, you can't fuck with me after right. that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Sure. Like future people can't come and say, uh, "No, we dreamed up another thing because we're unhappy about the fact that we lost, right. and I always win, right. and so therefore I have to be able to have all these avenues, and I have the money." To sue you continuously until you're finally out of existence, which is what I wanted in the first place. Right. Like those hidden motives that nobody ever wants to they admit won't be able to, to be used, right? won't be able to be used. Yeah, like I'm right. on another decibel limit? Okay, good. Right, like, right, right, yeah. Done. Yeah, done, done deal. I'm under the and, decibel limit. I've done all the remediations, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that is essentially how Mimi's got shut down right. because like, she just gave up. She right. won the fight, but she gave up. Right, that's right. Because they henpecked her to death on that issue and they already had sound remediation up there. I used yeah. to go there on Wednesdays yeah. and see the kinds of thing. I mean they're just talking about another club that like mm -hmm. shut down, you know what I mean? Um, so and, and, I mean, and that's it. And I think I think to both to both your points, um, one there was a there's a proposal last year to take some of the revenue that goes to the convention center and put it to fix streets in New Orleans. And it was like fifteen million or something per year would go to instead of going to the convention center would fix the streets. What you need to know about that also is the convention center has a over $20 million a year surplus and is sitting on over $200 million, no, sorry, $140 million right now in surplus money. Like They have that money just sitting there. They can use it if they want to. Yep. Um, and even if you took some of that money and earmarked it to streets, they would still get a surplus. You're actually not costing them anything. You're just costing them some of their surplus. Sure. Um, it was opposed by Stephen Perry, the head of the now New Orleans and company uh, saying it was wrong-headed and, and opposed to Republican Stephen economic... Stephen Perry used to be the Stephen convention Perry, president. Yeah, he still, he still is. It's, New Orleans, it's, it's rebranded New Orleans and company, yeah. Okay. Um, he, oppo he opposed it, said it was contrary to Republican economic growth principles. Uh, and therefore, because they, they essentially what they're doing is trickle-down economics, right? You yep. invest in us so that the money will trickle down to all of the people Dude, that, that work here. that a lot of dirt on him. He, must he, he also makes half a million a year. Uh, sure. But... But I think, and he, he opposed it on that sense. What he's telling is, is one, convention center already has this massive surplus, so it doesn't actually hurt them at all. Two, isn't every high-level elected official in New Orleans a Democrat, right? So, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, right. What is this Republican, what is that about? And the catch is, they, I mean, because... Is that because of their relationship to the state? Yeah, because uh, the Convention of Vision Bureau is, is uh, three, I think, three-quarters uh, state-appointed, so they're Republicans. The... Uh, 
or in theory, or it could be Republicans, but they're appointed by the state. I think only a, um, a quarter are appointed by the city really? for, the no idea. for the convention center and for the wow. um, for the uh, the sports uh, is is all state uh, right. appointed. So of the the eight out of the fourteen, like the highest percentage. Um, Virtually all of them are appointed by the state. Almost none of them by people from right. elected officials from New Orleans. So yeah. again, it's extractive. It takes the money out. It's it's uh, and then there's no local control over it. I mean, so a lot of the the change has to happen at a state level. We need to change the way the tax systems are out because it, it's of this. And what, what level of government does that happen? Like, is it on the city council level? Is it on a state senate level? It's, like, how it's mostly state city council needs to be more on board and push, but. Yeah. It's a state legislature, yeah. but you know it's a hundred sixty something million dollars a year that comes out of the hotel tax, right? Um, I mean, think if if you could invest twenty percent more of that into affordable housing here, or sure. all these things, right? That's game changing. To invest two million a year in a small business, a small cultural businesses here, right? Like game changing stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. And it's a drop in the bucket for the convention center, man. They can do it, and they have done it. Uh, because and like a living money. wage, man. Right. No, that's Again, like, people are tired of hearing about that, but, it's but like, no, absolutely, do we it. should easily. If we have seven point three billion dollars coming in every year, in the tourism complex, we should be able to pay people fifteen dollars. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right. And that's you know, it's a mean, choice. It's easy. Yeah, and like it, I see that. Look, I I've talked about this on the podcast. I've worked in the event industry in New Orleans for most of my adult life, and the two things that I see are. People working for too little money, who are doing all the work, who are really good at their jobs right. and not making much money. Not enough money to live in the city at right. this point. That wasn't the case before. Before that, you know, 20 years ago, they could have lived in you know, our neighborhood where we're sitting right now, but not now, right? And secondly, the people who run that industry, man, I don't know. They're, they're alien to me. Like, I don't know what your experience is, man, with, like, going to this meeting you went to. Right. But I go to the destination management companies mm -hmm. and all the event planners and shit. Wedding planners are different. Like, wedding planners to me in the city are familiar. Like, oh, okay, I might see you at the Maple Leaf mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Or I might I might hang out with you. you right, 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 right. But the DMCs and event planners are cut from a completely different cloth where they're extracting this money and like oil, right. like you're saying, and they're taking it elsewhere. And I have that experience again and again and again, and it's been that way for 25 years for me. I believe it, man. This, this, this band is a resource I can use to figure out how I can make some money, right? And they have no fucking first clue about New Orleans culture. Nor right, they right, care. right, 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 exactly. They don't give a fuck. Give me a brass band. I don't. Uh, they look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, right they're like, right. oh, you actually go to Second Lines? You know, they well, we talked about that a little bit the yeah. other night, pals. You know, but uh, right. it's I mean, yeah, it's like uh, you know, and and then Joel, we've talked about that. So you have people, you have this weird thing where you have a middleman group uh, essentially um, that doesn't understand the city, blocking people who actually have their own 
kind of more accurate projected view of what New Orleans is. Like coming right. from the east, west, east and west coast, like in whatever industry that they're in, and they're like, we want to come down to New. I mean, just imagine like you're the recording industry of in the United it's, States, right. and you're having your convention in New Orleans, and they're like, they. Give you Give <laughs> you this crumbum band, right, you know, because like, like they just the all white second man from JP. Yeah, because like you're dealing with a bunch of Trump supporters, totally, you know, yeah. who have no, they who are, are totally yeah. afraid of the city of New Orleans. And by the know? way, like there's five or six what you call like the five big DMCs, destination destination management companies in this mm-hmm. town. There's five of them. Four of the five have been bought out by global corporations mm-hmm. in the last decade and a half. Right you now, that makes uh, and. And, but they're still run by like 40, 50 year old chicks from like Metairie or Kenner. No, it's just yeah. so right, right, right. strange. I mean, I, it's know, just so fucking strange, yeah. man. It, it is. I mean, I think as we get more into it, like it, it becomes apparent, right? And, you know, we went to the convention center board meeting, which, which is what we tweeted about. We Yeah, describe that meeting. I mean, you know, know. you get in, it's, it's held. Above uh, what Hall B of the convention center, you gotta walk in there. You get there. There's a couple people standing around. They direct you to it. You open a door. You go up a, a private elevator run by an attendant to go up to this special boardroom. That has them all like out in front, and then there's like maybe 30 seats in there. Yeah. Um, we need to get up there, right? So like, it's hard to get there. Then once you get there, it's intimidating and hard to find. Then you get up there. And you're sitting in this room and there's security guards around and then public comment is all the star. You have to publicly comment on um, something on the agenda. It's all in front of the meeting. Like it's not like you comment you talk about the next thing. You can't comment on anything not on the agenda. Is Correct. And you also have to do it all in front. So it's not like they call an agenda item as public comment, they vote and then they go to the next agenda item, they call up. No, no, no. It's all first. The public so like, stuff happens first. Yeah, and like I want to comment on agenda like, uh, number five, and yeah, so yeah, you yeah. get up and you comment on whatever it is, and so that all happens, and then they pretty much don't look at you, and and you know maybe don't pay attention. But right. you tweeted that I know you were going to get to this, but you tweeted right. that um, they apologized to an yeah. outside inv- not investor, but like a, a consultant. Yeah. So yeah, when I there? when I was there, um, you know uh, the People's Assembly New Orleans Hospitality Workers Group who been pushing on some of this stuff, got up and sort of, um, you know, publicly commented and also sort of went after the, the board a little bit, was saying like, right, you're profiting off all this, right? And yeah. workers aren't making any money and, you know, um, and there was essentially no comment from the board themselves while this was happening, right? Sort of was, all right, you know, mm-hmm. next item. Mm-hmm. Um, after they had all, the meeting was almost over. They don't, they don't care. Right. After the meeting was almost over, there was a consultant uh, presenting about the massive hotel that they're proposing, which is a whole another issue that it gets, you know, millions and millions and millions in subsidies, right? Um, someone was presenting about that, and outside consultant hired to talk about the benefits of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and... After he was done, um, one of the commissioners, uh, Dottie Boletto, who actually runs an event management company, which does work for the convention center, yeah. um, what are the odds, uh, apologized <laughs> to the out-of-town consultant on because of the comments from the hospitality workers that presented there, saying, this is not representative of New Orleans, and, and then explained to them... Hospitality workers are not representative <laughs> right, of yeah. New Orleans. Right. And then, and then, and then mentioned, and then said, essentially, they just didn't understand all of the good that the convention center does, and all the reinvestment is done for the they, community. They failed to understand right. how we're great. 
for the, yeah. Of which of which she and then the president of the board, uh, d- d- both agreed that it was in fact the convention has a communications problem is not adequately communicating to the public how much good work they do for the city, so how right, much right, investment right. they do, right. right? And that was their takeaway. It's like you're right, we are great. Like, like exactly, they don't understand how great serious, we like, are. Slave right? and master thing going on. I mean, there, really, right? you know? it was, I mean, someone tweeted yeah. out when we did it, it was like sort of the plantation. Serious, right? very, right. very plantation right. mentality. Yeah, and, and, exactly. it also, and it also goes back to like you net. ingrate, right. you ingrate who works you for me for no money. For you, right. I am your benefactor, and you spitting in my face. Right, and, it, right. and, it, and yeah. it comes down to like New Orleans. I think is a cog in like a international corporate, multinational thing. You know, they're just New Orleans, San Diego, Orlando. I say it all the time. Las Vegas, and now New York are the five places in the city where you can go to hold these type of events. Right. And I think they're probably just held hostage I mean, in a well, lot of ways. I, I mean, there's probably two, a lot of corruption. I mean, two comments I want to make. One, um, talking about the convention does spend some of their money on things, but they, they it's undemocratic, right? So they decide what they want to spend the tax, the tax money they have collected on without right. any public input. So they decided they wanted yeah. to spend some of it on the mayor's uh, public safety improvements plan, which we opposed, right? Um, like I said, it on cameras, the the rebuilding of Bourbon. Some of that money came from them. They're investing some in um, the reinventing the Crescent, the park they're going to do, um, the Riverfront Park. Some of it on like traffic, uh, like Rideau Event Center Boulevard, right? So they are spending it on projects, but... These aren't projects anybody asked for necessarily, right? right? Yeah. It's things that benefit them again, right? right? And then saying, yeah, yeah, like, right, right. Like, look how benevolent, like, you should really thank us for all these things that we are doing for you that you didn't really want, right? Uh, yeah. Nobody really said, hey, we want this. People say, no, we want affordable housing. We want a living wage. We want, you know, we want buses that run on time. Like, right, but wouldn't you really like a riverfront park, right? Like, how about these cameras we got put up? Like, uh, sure, uh, it is. You know, it is I mean, like that one percent thing, man. It, 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 just, it, it is. Just like, like we know itself. what we know what. And, 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 yeah. And the second piece is um, only um, what one point five cents out of the uh, fourteen that is collected by the hotel tax goes into the general fund of the city, right? Right. Uh, it is the lowest. Amount of any of the major destination cities by far. The by average, far, the average is sixty-five percent goes to general fund for these cities. In New York, it's a hundred percent. New Orleans gets um, what is that like fourteen percent or something like that? Yeah. Like it's egregious. We have a, it's, it's crazy. It, it is like it's absolutely. Well, absolutely New York just exploded. flipped their thing. New York, like ten years ago, was not one of those destination. They didn't have the conventions under, but now they do. Yeah, and, and so people always say, like, no, we need to reinvest in the tourism industry because without it, we'll never get this money. Well, I mean, who gives a shit if the jobs don't pay? That's right. right. Like, it doesn't matter shit. if making 900 jobs if, if they're all part-time jobs that pay seven twenty-five an hour. That's right. right. Like, who gives a shit? Nobody, it's not going to work. It's a, it's, the tourism industry will collapse unless they start to address these things. It, it, it just That's has to. That's where I feel like things are at right now, and I, I wonder if there's a an ability to change things in the next two decades, and I... I I mean, I, I'm wondering, Ethan, what you think about, like, who on the city council, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, like, who's doing well? And, or, in any, and I also want to get your opinions on the current mayor um, uh, about these type of issues. And I know we're, we're getting up to time, but I will say, if you too. are uh, a city council member listening, 
I am very hopeful you all will <laughs> support this. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I think there's hope for all of them, right? Like, but yeah. it's just a matter of um, whether we're a real politique, right? Like, what, what, what's really going to happen um, when the different forces happen? Because once real money gets involved, and tourism money is real money. It's real it's money. It's billions, right? It's billions, yeah. And, and yeah. so that that's when things will shake out. And But I think... In theory, there's a whole push about sustainable tourism, and I will say Councilmember Palmer has said the right thing. She says it's all got to be about equity. It's not about banning straws, right? It's not about that. It's about gotcha. equity for that. She has said that, yeah. and, and so I think that's a good sign. Good. Uh, where that leads, I don't know, but I, I feel like that's hopeful, yep. um, and I give her credit for that. Yep. And for the mayor, again... I like equity instead of trickle down. Right, Exactly. Equity. Exactly. I think people get it. And in terms of yeah. mayor, again, you know, she said the right things. We actually got a response from her on Twitter. Yeah. She retweeted something from the Convention of Vision Bureau that was like, look at all the money tourism does. Like, isn't it great? And it is like, let me push this thing. Like, we need to address, you know, we hope you push for more equitable tourism. The money is not coming down. And she it's actually not. responded and said, like, I understand that people need to, like, it's not. It's not, someone, it's have, not have you guys coined treated. that phrase equitable tourism? Is that something that you've heard or you came up with? Or I don't know. I mean, because that's good. I mean, I, I say it, but I, I can't. I can't take credit for it. But well, I, I I'm will. just saying that 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 works as a catchphrase. Equitable yeah. tourism for sure. I, I think I think it is, and I've been trying to come up with other like. And we need yeah. that. It's better we than the incubator bar. We, we need. It's <laughs> yeah. better than but the incubator I use, bar. I use that yeah. too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I Equitable tourism, like we need. It's like sustainable tourism, even. Yeah, we, we need. We need no, to I agree. I will say though, no, it doesn't right. trickle down. I've worked at the Ridge for two years. Like we were owned by AIG, that company that oh, right. we bailed out with our tax dollars. That's right. Who was looking for ways to pay the employees less? Right. Actively looking right. for exactly. ways to pay us less. But money. how much do they make off the tourism industry? Right. Oh, but, they right. they kept telling us every year. Oh, we made record profits this year. We made record <laughs> profits. We made record profits. But hey, how would you feel if we uh, change your incentive plan a little bit? Right. You know, I, I, right. I mean, exactly. I just, I I'll just say this. Like, and I, this, I put a cap on it. It's like uh, just to let, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is amazing to me that there's billions of dollars in, in tourism. What you've just said about the percentage share of that 14 is insane to me. Yeah. Uh, and that the redistribution of that wealth is not getting back to anybody who are the culture bearers. And, and that none of it is uh, geared towards sustainability or survivability of yeah. any of these kinds of things. I mean, I'm and I'm serious when I say this, like, if there are any politicians that are listening, which I don't think that there are, but whatever, if there are any city council people listening, I would prevail upon them the idea that they understand that there's essentially two things that drive tourism in the city of New Orleans, and it's music, music and, and food, food. Mm -hmm. and that those and those things are very de delicately and precariously balanced within our society yeah. in terms of like how uh, it's perched upon a precipice all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you think, just think for a minute about how much abuse a musician suffers through every single week of people trying to pay them less, not pay them what they're worth, uh, trying to find gigs, getting ripped off, uh, all the kinds of things that are problems uh, sy systemically throughout the, the career of people who are culture bearers in the city, which are things also that need to be addressed 
and, and fixed within the confines of where we are right now. But that literally within 10 years or 15 years, you could be looking at a landscape where it's entirely different and all this dreamy Cities money. Change fast. All, all this dreamy Look money. Los Angeles that, right now. that woman from Kenner who has no connection to the city and is a Trump supporter and works with the Convention and Visitors That's Bureau right. in some capacity is going to have a very rude awakening right. at some point when, when she's like, why am I no longer making money? I'm the, the benefactor and the person who deserves to make all of the money. And the reason is that it is not a top-down economy. It's a bottom-up economy. That's exactly right. Completely. Jeff, I know you're putting putting a pin on it, but i got to tell you, I've been getting, unfortunately for me and my new business prospects, I've been getting a lot of thousand-yard stares (laughs) as I've been speaking to these people. Kind of like Spencer right now? About Kind of like Spencer right now. (laughs) Um, I've been sitting in meetings on Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock in every DMC's office in the city about the importance of booking authentic. I think think that, yeah. musicians. And they're kind of looking at me like, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. Except the young people you're saying are like, yeah, the youngest pull your person side and they understand and get it. Email me later you know? or they'll like walk right, me out. Or right, whatever. exactly. I mean, we, try to work exactly. With, we try to work with the Convention Tourism Bureau to get our good visitor guide out. Right. And we had a, like, a really productive, good meeting and then we opposed the ABO surveillance cameras, which we've talked about in the pod sure. before. Um, within an hour, I got an email saying, hey, like, we, we can't, it's not going to work. Like, Tourism Ministry fully supports these cameras. Um, we know if you're going to oppose this, it's going to be problematic. So I was like, all right. But yep. the, the catch to that is, before that email, before that email, like cutting it off, I had been asked my political affiliation and the political affiliation of all my board members and staff to make sure that we were neutral, so they could send it out to uh, all their members. And what's interesting about that is the quote. What do you mean? The, what's neutral? Politically neutral. Like we, I don't know. That's what they said. What does that mean, though? Like. Uh, Probably Republican. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's what they mean. When I'm politically neutral. I'm, right. I'm cool. You right. know? Uh, but, but I mean, that's the thing. Is like I don't vote. Right, exactly. Like, I mean, we're an advocacy organization partly, right? Like, we advocate. Right. But um, but then when I saw that quote that's from Stephen Perry, like, saying this is contrary to Republican... Uh, and we was like, oh, right, of course, right? Right, of course, uh, yeah, But also, yeah, like, what are your political affiliations? Board members of the CVB, right? Totally. Like, why is that okay to put that out publicly, but for us, like, again, it's, again, it's a billion-dollar industry, right? Like, I, I understand in which pond we were in, but at the same time, it's like, right. And then they put out, you know, one that we put on Twitter was the quote from our good visitor guide about how to go to a second line versus what the tourism industry put out about how to go to a second line and the difference, right? Like, we work with the Suicide and Pleasure Club community to say, like, how, what do you need to know? And they just said, hey, if you hear music, step up and go. It's a second line. Go join in, right? right. And it's like, we offered to you this for free. For to free. To put it out to, to everybody. Tourists. And like, well, right. But if your name is on it, like. I got to tell you, man. Uh, gosh. And, the, and the, no one, none of these people listen to the podcast, so it's no big deal. But they <laughs> aren't the brightest. Look, I've been in this industry for 20-something years. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, as recently as the last six months, they're, they're from Stephen Perry on down. They're just not that. I mean, they're Machiavellian, maybe. It's kind of like the Trump fucking White House. They're, but they're not very bright. They're not the people that you'd like want to have a conversation with, even or, or just share some fucking food with. You know what I mean? 
They're well, just not culturally well, no, no, I, yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like they're like you these may not suits. Have a bite of my I'm family. telling you, man. You make these, your own PB and J. These people bitch. don't have much idea of what New Orleans is, and they mm-hmm. don't experience the things that we do live like. In I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a different thing. I will say, I no longer hold up any hope of that happening again if they listen to this podcast, but. Um, <laughs> I guess the last thing I was going to leave for note is I noticed in an article that we had about the um, ABO board I was mentioned by name in the comment section of NOLA.com so I feel like I've officially yeah. made it into New Orleans oh, <laughs> oh you're in now man yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, made, yeah, I was yeah. mentioned by name in the comment yeah, section in a yeah. comment in a comment yeah so truly yeah. Um, what was the context right. of said comment um not positive, so truly, <laughs> not positive. truly made it. Usually, yeah, yeah, you are definitely, you're definitely. Okay. Yeah. My six yeah. years of, of work, aren't. my six years of, of 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 work and advocacy doing this has has, has finally paid off. Well, uh, you guys do great work, Mac. No, everybody. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Uh, shout out to you guys, and where where do you want people to go uh, to see you? I mean, you know, we're if you're listening, we have our sixth anniversary, December September twenty first. Check our social media. We are. On Facebook, we are Macno Page. On Twitter, we are at MusicCulture504. Uh, we are Macno.com. Uh, look for us. We update regularly. Check it out. Cool. Uh, and follow us if you're interested in the, you know, uh, actually getting involved with issues around the tourism ministry. We are actually going to start working on that issue because it's without if we don't do it now, it's, it's going to be too late. So we need to really push for more equity in the tourism ministry. Now is the time. Yeah. Get in touch, and we will uh, follow up. We're going to have, have you back on real soon. I want to talk about a living wage with you like for an hour on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just on that. I'll come back and, uh, go, later. go, Folks, you can go. I'm uh, uh, going to do my own plug now. for yep. Go see Ego Kubali next uh, Thursday at uh, one of the remaining clubs that uh, you know treats musicians well on Frenchman Street. Uh, <laughs> no dog out to any of the other clubs because I don't have that much experience playing there. And but uh, we're going to be at DBA on hey, Thursday. And uh, you guys got any plugs as well? Spencer? What Spence. About oh, no. JDVbooking.com. No. That's right. I want to hear some, if you want to book some uh, musicians and make sure they get paid well. No, I just started that second job now, so I'm, I'm pretty... Uh, you're pretty. You're pretty set. I'm pretty booked right now. Just, uh, with, <laughs> All right. So, uh, trying to so make look, money, folks. Which, uh, uh, the stand-up scene is not the way. Right. To that's do not it. the way to do, do it. Yeah. The street, All right. Hello. Look, uh, if there's any politicians out there that are listening, we need political leadership in order to uh, make sure that we have a robust uh, musical and cultural community in New Orleans going forward into the future, and that means that uh, we have to support. The things all in all of the various forms and ways that uh, that that those things need to survive, we we have yeah. to support those things, and we need to get off the bandwagon of being antagonistic toward those things, because it is the goose that lays the golden egg. It comes from the ground up and not the other way around. So you have to get your head out of that mentality of thinking that somehow uh, it happens the other way around because that's going to be self-defeating. Right. Hey, in the vote, vote in the midterms. And, uh, hey, if you vote for Jared Brossett for county clerk, uh, <laughs> keep <laughs> – let's think about District D City Council special election. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Double Ds. <laughs> Double Ds. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We'll catch you next time, folks. All right. Yeah, right.